Hello, boys and ghouls. I hope you're ready for a truly terrifying time with this truly gruesome twosome, discussing spine-chilling, ghastly, shuddersome, wicked stories of the macabre and cinema. So check under the bed, make sure the doors are locked, and turn off the lights at your own risk. For you never know what terror lurks, or who creeps around the corner. And now your ghosts, I mean hosts, macabre and ghoul. I am goo. I am macabre. And I am legend. <laughs> Once again, sitting next to me on the Mort Memorial sofa. It's a love seat. Is... It's covered in mucus. <laughs> of course, Marcus Estevez of the Boxers Podcast. That's right. I'm glad to be here. All right, both of you guys stop talking for two minutes while I do a quick Soshmeeds-ish. We put out a poll for the best horror movie of the 2000s, that is 2000 through 2010, which movie would enter into the Mac and Goofy vault. And by a pretty large margin, Shaun of the Dead from the year 2004 will be getting into the Mac and Goofy vault with 44%. Saw from 2004 got 28%. Signs and the Strangers both rounding out around 15 Gianna wrote, this is tough. Sean is one of my faves, but Stranger still haunts me. Joey Gloss wrote, yeah, I'm with you. The idea of home invasions in real life are very scary. Bird from the Dude and Bird podcast wrote, to the Winchester. Backcracker at Joe Gilmore said, first time watching Saw was supposed to see Saw 2 that night with friend. When that fucker got up at the end, I shit my pants and bailed on Saw 2. At Ken Border wrote, I have seen Shaun of the Dead legit 200 times, all-time favorite movie. Mike from Woburn wrote, Darkness Falls is the personal favorite of mine. I think The Ring needs to be on this list as well. At Mitchie B-S-O-T, Strangers is terrifying because they were killing with no real motive. That makes it all the more terrifying. CNC Geekcast wrote, 28 days later, the way it builds tension is absolutely amazing. At Locadelic said, I vote signs. Huge signs guy here, but Shaun of the Dead is a goddamn classic. Never liked Saw, and I've never seen The Strangers. At Dave underscore Jenison says, I'm a little upset 28 days later didn't make the Final Four, but I guess we can just head down to the pub and let this blow over. At Facetti62 said, I'll die on the hill defending 28 days later as the best horror movie of this decade. Travesty, it's not on here. At Red Sox Forever underscore OS, Saw was great, kept my heart racing the entire movie. Not many jump scares except the end. Reverse bear trap and the tripwire shotgun. At Weekend Warrior Podcast, my favorite poll so far. Don't truly love any of these, although haven't seen Strangers. Saw for me, but Shaun of the Dead is a close second. And then at Dork Podcast said, The Devil's Rejects is my favorite of the 2000s. My four would be that, the ring, the others, and saw. Now, let's take a step back in time. You're traveling back through time. Not physically, but mentally. With Mac and Goo. In the Mac and Goo time machine. So watch your step. For you never know what will be thrown into the Mac and Goofy vault. <laughs> <laughs> The decade. I suppose we're really not stepping back in time because no. we're in this specific decade. We're in the roaring tens. 
There are no award winners for this decade yet because the yet. decade's not over. Right. Not because SAG hasn't gotten back to us. Exactly. Mm. So, Mac, this decade has actually been a really good horror decade. It has. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I would say, new horror in terms of... They're making you horror. They're making a lot of really, really good movies with horror elements in it. Now we're getting horror films more than anything else. Yes. The object now is to make a good movie instead of scare the shit out of people. I would argue make a great movie. Yeah. There you go. Boom. They're great. <laughs> that is Tony the Tiger. Mm. I picked up on that. Not Terry the Tiger, which no. is, he goes, they're food. <laughs> Let's start out with the Sarge's dishonorable discharges. <laughs> yes. Okay, baby. I'm going to go ahead and start you guys off with a remake, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010, 15% with the critics, directed oh, 2010. by... 2010. <laughs> I forgot that the entire last episode. Yes. Mistakes. Directed by Samuel Bayer, or Bayer. Bayer beware. Bayer beware. Starring Rooney Mara, Jackie Earl Haley, Kyle Galner. Sure. <sighs> I saw this at the Chinese theater. It's the only movie in LA, like when I was in LA, that I saw on the Chinese theater, like the big screen. Yeah. What, a, what a mistake. It is. <laughs> this movie sucks. They get rid of a lot of the practical effects of Freddy, and it's all CGI, and it just looks terrible. Mm. They get rid of all the creativity of what Freddy is, and now he's just mean. And Jackie Earl Haley reprises his role as Rorschach from <laughs> The Watchmen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 2010's Black Swan. This is a Darren Aronofsky film. Who is you're no, discharging this? I'm discharging this. You who, wouldn't want to make a Mila out of her Kunis. I actually liked that joke. Um, there's definitely a certain point of ambiguity that you reach. That's you've gone too far. You have completely confused the viewer. This movie's not inherently bad. There's a lot of good ideas that they're toying with. It's just there's too much fucking confusion for me. There's not enough clarity in it. I have this in my honorables. Same here. Same here. So we'll get to it later. Yeah. Mama. Ooh. Didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> now, Mama in 2013, it was directed by the guy who did It. So I guess if it wasn't for Mama, then he wouldn't be born. <laughs> um, this movie is terrible. This is one of those like Guillermo del Toro productions. And I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. Scorsese tricks me every time. He's like, hey, Scorsese read this script for 10 minutes while he was on the toilet. And he said, it's a go. Is so this, I'll go and spend 20 bucks. Like, is this the film where they find the two little girls like, yeah. out in the woods? Yeah, yeah so like the feral children. Yeah. It's a decent premise. And then the end, like I jokingly leaned over to my friends and I was like, and then at the end they explode into a million butterflies. <laughs> and I was just joking. And then they exploded into a million butterflies. And that was the end of the movie. So that's terrible. Yep. I'm just going to do two right away. Tusk. Tusk. I have Tusk 2014. Over here. Kevin Smith takes a dump in your eyes <laughs> in what is it's the most horrifying piece of crap I think I've ever seen. Fat Haley Joel Osment and Justin Long aren't enough to save it. It's horrifying and ineffective. Like it's just not a good movie. He was in between making like a schlock movie, a movie that's so bad and it knows that it's bad. And that's a schlock. A schlock. <laughs> and making a good movie. So by trying to do both, it's terrible. It's so bad. Yeah. The end, it's unbearable. I it's... wouldn't I wouldn't wish this on Ray Lewis, and I don't <laughs> like Ray Lewis. Mac, in this movie, yeah. a scientist or just a man who really likes walruses turns Justin Long into a walrus. Wow. So it's legitimately a Treehouse of Horror episode. But it's like seven hours long. Yeah. And he grafts the tusk to his jaw. Like uh. it's 
Oh, so basically, Awful. these people said Human Centipede has a cult following. Let's make this movie. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to put all three Human Centipedes up for Dishonorable Discharge. You spoke about the first one on the prior episode. But what's good about the second one is the poop in the mouth. Is it's a fan of the guy from the first one, <laughs> and he sloppily staples 17 people together. Uh, I'll tell you what. And the sixth one, I'm sorry, the third one. Sorry, there's not six yet. The third one. <laughs> A guard sloppily staples an entire prison together. It was called the final sequence, so hopefully the third one is it. I'm pretty sure that Friday the 13th Part 4 is also the final one, or I the th- fifth. I think it might be, uh, yeah, the fourth and fifth one. They love sequels nowadays so much that they shouldn't call anything final Never. anything. Never. If anything, I would love it if the first movie was just called like something something, the final sequence, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, wait a second. We're working backwards. Were there more? They're all the prequels. <laughs> Yeah, I'm never going to see these films. They will be forever dishonorably discharged. So actually, when it comes to deciding whether a movie is bad on Rotten Tomatoes... You use two as a benchmark. Yeah, two is the benchmark on Rotten Tomatoes because it has like a 27%. I think it's a 30. It's a 30 now. It used to be 27. So I used to say, I will not watch any movie under 27 because that means that this movie is worse than 17 people being stapled together. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and toss out the movie Paul. Have you guys seen Paul? No, I didn't no. want to see this one. Yeah, it's a horror comedy or a comedy horror, depending mm. on how you want to look at it. Okay. It's Seth Rogen voicing an alien. It's a Simon Pegg movie. Kristen Wiig is in there. Does this have horror elements? It has horror elements to okay. it. Well, it has an alien creature feature. Okay. Kind of like Alf. All right. Now we're really getting on the fringe. <laughs> I like it. It doesn't have the same type of humor or pacing that Shaun of the Dead has. Uh, it's more Americanized, if you will. Okay. I won't. How about a movie that has three titles? It's recognized by three things. Saw 3D, or Saw the Final Chapter, or Saw 7 from 2010. It's really bad. It's not good. Wait, what? It's How's recognized. Three? You can call it all three of those, and it's acceptable. If you go to its film page, all three are acceptable I titles. feel like none of them are acceptable. If, nice. you, if you're going to accept three, <laughs> might as well none of them count. Krampus or Krampus? It's Krampus. 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 Um, 2015. That's when it came out. I yep. saw this in theaters. Really? It's, I did. Why? Uh, my sister worked at the theater at the uh, time, yeah, yeah. so we could also get the, him for free. Also, the trailer was very good for this movie. The trailer was fun. The trailer was confusing because you see Adam Scott and David Keichner, and you're like, those guys are really funny. This is the in-between schlock thing. That's yeah. where this movie falls. Honestly, this feels like, in Cabin of the Woods, if Krampus was one of the characters living underground, and like he is released in Spoiler one of the storylines... This feels like that. This feels yeah. like Krampus coming out, and this is the Krampus storyline in Cabin of the Woods. Like, it's that kind of ridiculous over the top. It was so dumb. And yeah. then uh, Lazarus effect. Per Rich Keefe, if you go to the Boxers episode, episode 41, Richold <laughs> Keefe does a total disagulation with Rich-inald. this film. Yeah, <laughs> Richinold. I've never seen the movie, but Rich absolutely destroys it. So go check I out I was actually, 41. when I first saw the cast, I liked Donald Glover. I liked Mark Duplass. I like Olivia Wilde. And then I think I don't always see movies the first week. So when I saw The Rotten Tomatoes was worse than The Human Centipede 2, I decided not to go. That movie came out, what, what year was that? 15. Two, 2015. So two years ago, it bombed, and they literally just made the same movie this year. Called? I don't remember what it's called. but The it's, Lazarus Affect. With an A. With yeah. an A. A movie with some horror elements to it. I'm just saying it because it's Tim Burton and I hate this movie. Okay. And it was constantly on HBO for a while. That was Dark Shadows, 2012, Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, Helena Bonham Carter. Surprising. <laughs> Brian Antonelli, Filippelli. <laughs> Filippelli. <laughs> How about Sharknado's 
two through whatever. I'm dishonorably discharging all of them. See, Mac doesn't like fun. Yeah. No, the, I'm putting the first one fun up fact. In, the, in the honorable. Fun, oh, okay, okay. Fun fact about Sharknado 3, and not to get too political here, Yep. but Donald Trump was supposed to play the president in that movie, and then he said no because I'm actually running for president. Because he had to play the president <laughs> yeah, in, in the American comedy that is this. I am actually going to honorably mention all of the film titles because they're pretty funny. Sharknado 2, the second one. You're just confusing people now. Sharknado 3, oh hell no. <laughs> Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens. Those nice. are all quality titles. 2015, they remade Poltergeist. This was so bad that Mac didn't know what actually happened. Yeah, I suggested that I it should be this. remade, yeah. and apparently it did. Sam Rockwell. It's he's a big good. hit or miss guy. Yeah. I really like him. I think he's good. I think he just picks bad movies. Yes, that's probably true. I think he would rather keep working than wait and do a good movie every mm -hmm. three years. Mm -hmm. And then my final one would be Blair Witch from 2016. Try to go back to the well, and yep. it was not good. Yeah, that was not bad. I have one final one as well, 2017's Cult of Chucky, which I believe was straight to Netflix. You haven't uh, seen it? No, I told you. Why would I see this movie? Then why are you discharging it? Because it's a Chucky movie that's not eh, the first one. Discharged. <laughs> Any Chucky movie that's not the first one is getting discharged. Two more. Conjuring 2. I was not a fan of this movie. And you can check it out. Episode 11 of The Boxers. I also do a total disagulation of this Ooh. film. Uh, which is a quote from The Office. And that word isn't real. Um, <laughs> there was just way too many iterations of the villain. Like you, you literally didn't know who to be afraid of. And then at a certain point, Patrick Wilson sings a song and plays guitar. And they have like a sing-along. It's odd. And then Rings. 2017. Oh, good one. I did a hot garbage on this as well. Did you watch The Ring multiple times? <laughs> Ring it goo. would have been better. Uh, it's hilariously bad. It is a bad, bad movie. All right, let's go ahead and start honorably mentioning some flicks here, if you will. That's a synonym for movies. Sure. I like synonym on my oatmeal <laughs> with a little brown sugar. I'll just toss this one out there. Once again, horror comedy. Sure. This is more heavy on the comedy. This is the end in 2013. This is with the Seth Rogen crew. Yep. It was a bit too much Jay Barishall in there for me because I think Jay Barishall is a whiny bitch. <laughs> okay. Yep. But this is... Hiccup! The first half of the movie is really funny, and then they start to use some of their more special effects and their horror elements in like the second half with the dog from hell or Jonah Hill getting raped by Satan. It was so fun seeing people not take themselves too seriously and, yeah. and do... It was just, yeah, the whole Channing Tatum aspect of it was the, unbelievable. The whole but Channing Pretty Tatum much stuff, everything after that point... When the neighbor gets his head chopped off and they're all kicking it around going, I don't want to touch it, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the funnier movies of the past decade. Backst but Backstreet Boys in Heaven. Yeah. Mm. Michael Sarah getting impaled by the lamppost. Michael Sarah acting that like an asshole and then getting just impaled <laughs> that by That was it. awesome. It was. So this obviously more comedy, but it has a little horror towards the end that actually yeah. kind of ruins the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. How about 2010's Shutter Island? This is a movie that is barely horror. It's a fringe. It's movie. fringe. I kind of look at it the same as Seven. It's got some creepy elements to it. This movie is one of Martin Scorsese's worst films, but I do think there's a lot of good in it. I just don't think they connect it all appropriately. And it is creepy. It's a creepy movie. It was sloppy. It's a yeah. sloppily made movie. It's like literally, I don't ever say this, the editing in the movie isn't very good. There's some weird like jumping. I say that constantly because there's a lot of really poorly edited movies now. No, but I mean like it's there's weird non sequitur things. It's not a good movie, but DiCaprio, Mark Ruffalo save the movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. 2010, The Crazies, Timothy Oliphant. 
my good say elephant um uh, yes <laughs> Um, I did that in studio. <laughs> Suck it. And then one of my very personal, very good friends, Larry Cedar. He is an actor. He played Leon in Deadwood. He was the dad on Community of Chevy Chase. He was the creature on the wing in the remake. Like he is awesome. And in the crazies, he's the principal who drags around the pitchfork. It's, oh. it's a very uh, memorable moment, and it's a good remake. Black Swan. Let's get that out of yeah. the way. Yeah, now. let's talk about Black Swan. I don't like this movie. I personally don't really think it's that great, but I think it's really well done. And my wife, my wife, is a dance teacher, mm-hmm. and she was a Boston Celtics dancer. She went to Boston Ballet. Like she's, Shout out to she's, Matrimony. Yes, she's legitimate. <laughs> yeah. Natalie Portman worked really hard to be really good at dancing, and she trained extensively for this. And my wife, who is a total dance snob, goes, she was really good in it. And of course, there's a lesbian scene which would make Mac very happy. <laughs> yeah, but there's fun so- fact: yeah. Mila Kunis was Natalie Portman the entire time. Hello, <laughs> is that true? Was it? Is that your theory? So I don't know. I don't the, know what's going on in the movie. That's what I'm saying. So I guess I'll give credit to Natalie Portman for becoming a passable ballet dancer, which is hard to do. In but her the point upper is body, I, her port de bra. I could care that less whether she me. was a good or bad dancer. I just want to know what the hell happened in the movie. <laughs> And I don't think I'm ever going to know. The problem is Darren Aronofsky now has a career that allows him to get crazy and to really like test the boundaries of I think being maybe he's artistic. dating Jennifer Lawrence, which I is a, preposterous. I have a bad feeling that what he did with Mother is going to hurt him moving forward because that movie just made no money. But I think it's because Mother was marketed as a horror yeah. film. And uh, Black Swan was marketed as like kind of that demented Paul Thomas Anderson, like just a little off. And the previews had Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman making out in it. That's a big draw. It's a huge draw. Have you seen Mother yet? I want to. Yeah, so none of us have seen it. I think that'll be a good litmus test to see where he's at as a filmmaker. I like that word. I'm going to go ahead and honorably mention, so there was Piranha 3D, Mm. which, fine, it's a good remake. Is that the one have Christopher Lloyd in it? I'm not sure. I'm just saying this. From Back to the Future. I'm just saying this so I can make this second joke here. Piranha 3 Double D. Okay. Is a terrible movie, but the title's amazing. Great name for a movie. I just know that David Keichner's in there. And uh, lots of breast. I'm just going to run through a couple real fast. Insidious, 2010. It was really good. It was a great ghost story. Feels like an 80s movie. And to me, if a horror movie feels timeless and it feels like an 80s movie and it's made in 2015, I'm in. There's a really weird movie called Rubber. It's 2010. Anyone? Sex joke? No? Okay. I'm going to keep going. It's. I don't a, think either of us use them. <laughs> Never it's, have. It's a movie about a killer tire like a tire from a car that rolls around it's the and oh he, you, and he has you texted te- the li- yeah, yeah he yeah, has like yeah. telekinetic power it's the weirdest movie i've ever seen worth the watch might be on netflix and then your next 2011 very campy this is the people that have the animal masks and they yeah. kind of torture the party yeah it's actually fun because it doesn't take itself too seriously so it's campy it's got some funny moments so that one if that's on netflix it's definitely worth the watch there's been a lot of horror comedies maybe since Shaun of the dead really yeah tucker and dale vs. evil in 2010 is a very funny movie it's very funny it's hilarious and this comes out before cabin in the woods yet cabin in the woods gets all of like the praise for it yet tucker vs. dale is completely forgotten cabin in the woods is a better movie it's a better movie but this movie 
does a better job with the slasher elements and making better jokes about the slasher stuff. That's true. What I loved about it is it flips it on its ear. So you have the sexy teenagers going off to the <laughs> yeah. cabin in the woods. And you have these two rednecks. These yeah. two rednecks. So they stop at the creepy gas station, like the traditional thing. And is it Dale? Is that the bigger guy? I think so, yeah. So Dale's like, he sees the beautiful blonde bimbo and he's like, I gotta go talk to her. And he's <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. He walks over and then it becomes a, a scene from a horror movie where she looks up and there's like a bah! jump scare and he's standing there and he's like, <laughs> and she's like ah and she screams and then she looks back up and he's walked away it's exactly what happens in those movies yeah, except yeah. he walks back and he's like I didn't know what to say I literally I had no I'm totally blank it's that kind of movie it's so funny it's so fun it's very enjoyable and the guy who wrote this movie Eli Craig he directed Little Evil which is on yep. uh, Netflix right now and I'll just jump off with this. The movie is perfect. It's on Netflix. It has what's his name? Adam Scott. Adam, Adam Scott. Scott. It's basically like the kid from The Omen is Adam Scott's stepson. It's hilarious. It is an exceptional spoof movie. It has great laughs. It's really well done. Same director. So if you like that movie, then definitely check out Little Evil. I'm going to give you the greatest horror movie prequel ever. 2011's Paranormal Activity 3. Paranormal Activity spawned a lot of bad sequels. That's a hot take, Mac. I'm telling you, find me a better one. Paranormal Activity 3 is a prequel to how kind of the monster gets inside Katie or travels with Katie. That sounds And it's sexual. actually done really well. They don't ruin what they built up in the original Paranormal Activity. All right. I'm going to honorably mention 2011's Scream 4. Very good job of after Scream 3, that wasn't great. They were able to bring back the fun of Screams 1 and 2. It's obviously not as good as the first two, but it's definitely a passable slasher movie, especially now where there really aren't any slasher movies slash good slasher movies. And introduced a bunch of new characters that yep. didn't suck. Yeah. Attack the Block, 2011. You guys got to see this oh, movie. Oh, I've this has got John Boyega in it. Yeah, right? I wrote yeah. this. I wrote this. I wish. I bought this movie for Wes. Those are two different things, by the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this was written and directed by Joe Cornish. Cornish Hen? I don't know. Mm. He wrote Ant-Man. This put John Boyega on the map. Here's the synopsis real quick. A teen gang in South London defend their block from an alien invasion. The animation of the aliens takes a little bit of getting used to. And it's not a world beater, but it's a really great directorial debut. Think Goonies meets Green Street Hooligans meets Gremlins. Mm. It's fun. It is a very fun movie. Mm. It's Add worth the, the list. Watch. Honorable mention here would be The Cabin in the Woods, 2012, 92 and 74, directed mm. by Drew Goddard, starring Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth, and Anna Hutchinson. This is a great take-up of the entire going to a crazy house in the woods and then all of the horror elements between the basement and the crazy monsters that come out of the house. There's this giant command center where all of the monsters are located that makes for the funnest part of the movie. The second half of the movie, which really makes the movie for me, just takes off into a completely different direction and it's one of the funnest horror movies I've ever seen. It's such a layered film and... That could have gone really wrong because there's so many aspects involved. But I think Josh Whedon, Joss Whedon being seven S's <laughs> on that, being one of the writers, obviously he's experienced kind of putting the MCU together, so he's used to tying everything in. Also, Buffy, yes, very true, did a really good job with that. And also, 
they knock every trope out of the park here. Yeah. Every movie, like horror movie trope is in the movie and they like acknowledge it and it doesn't ruin the movie. Like yeah. they do a good job with that. You know who's great in this is Eric from Billy Madison. Can't think of his acting name or his. Let's just call him Eric from Eric, Billy Madison. Oh, yeah, Eric yeah. from Billy Madison. Uh, Bradley Whitford. Thank you. Just the end when he is getting attacked by the mermaid <laughs> after wanting to see the mermaid the entire right. time. I love 95% of this movie. Honestly, I still don't know that how That sounds I, like Spider-Man trying to save a ship. I, I still don't know how I feel about the end. Yeah. Do you guys like the ending? Ah, uh, I'm kind of indifferent on exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, I'm fine with it. I understand the direction and why they went that way. I don't know. It doesn't end and I'm like, ah. Oh, uh. It doesn't live up to the rest of the movie, yeah. but it's not a bad ending. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I feel, I guess. 2013's Sharknado. This movie is incredibly, incredibly stupid. The premise <laughs> is a tornado of sharks. Stars Ian Ziering and Tara Reid. And like it's dumb. It's so John stupid. John Hurd. You John Hurd. <laughs> it's so stupid that it's just, it just works because you go into it knowing it's the dumbest idea ever. So if you go into it with that, you have fun with it. And it's a funny movie. It's probably the with best, a lot of deaths. Yeah. It's probably the best thing that sci-fi has ever put together. Oh, totally. Outside of Birdemic. <laughs> sure. Prometheus in 2012. Actually, that and then Alien Covenant, right? Yeah. I haven't seen Covenant. Yeah. I I, I don't... <sighs> Prometheus is... My expectations were too high going in, I feel like. I saw Fastbender. I know it's related to Alien. And then I saw it and I was like, eh. If you can divorce yourself from the original... Shout out to Matrimony. Yep. <laughs> the end of it. Um if you can divorce yourself from the original three and watch these as standalone sci-fi horrors, they're not bad movies. Yeah, I think if I had no idea about Alien or if it was connected to Alien, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, yeah because the suspense is good. It's good filmmaking. Anyway, Sinister, 2012. This is a great new horror film. It's got a good villain. It's hard to do good villains and new villains. I don't remember what happens in this movie, but I, rem- <laughs> I but I remember it being memorable. <laughs> that... Makes complete that sense. That is fin- fantastic phrasing. 2013, The Purge. Ethan Hawke is fine in it. This movie isn't the best, but it's a really cool... He's it's a new to, idea. He's it's a really to, cool concept. Yeah. So he's trying to slim up. And so like he'll <laughs> you eat binge, a... You purge. He'll yeah, eat binge, some burgers. Purge, yeah. and then, Gotta love a good balloon. Also in joke. 2013, World War Z. And this movie could have been so much better. Yep. They definitely dropped the ball a bit on this, but it's a fine movie. I actually thought it was going to be really bad, and it's really? not really bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, it, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's no, a solid it, it's, movie. It's okay, but I thought going into it, Brad Pitt's the man. He's too famous to be in that movie is what I thought. Can you explain to the folks at home what that means? It's a zombie movie, so just give me anyone. Don't give me Brad Pitt. That's how I kind of feel about it. But he's got to pay his child support. <laughs> I love the shot. And it's from the trailer where all the zombies are piling their bodies to get over the wall. Yeah, I yeah, thought that that's was super great. cool. Yep. Yeah, A lot of fast zombies. So that's good. <laughs> 2014's It Follows. And basically all the rest of the films we're about to mention. Marcus had a big part in me watching them. He's given me a lot of recommendations. And all of them have been good. Thank you. That was really subtle. But <laughs> thank you. My heart is very full. <laughs> This uh, nearly cracked the top four. It's a really unique idea, which I don't really love. That's actually the worst aspect of the movie for me. You basically... You get, don't like that it's unique? No. Unique You basically get, you get an STD, and the STD is a killing force that follows you. It's it a little, follows. little too real for me. <laughs> yeah. The opening to the movie is great. I don't love the way they kill the it 
for spoiler alerts there. I won't tell you how it comes Pennywise? out. But I don't love the ending, and I don't love the concept, but there's a lot of awesome stuff in this movie. The Babadook, 2014. This is an awesome new horror movie. Like I said, it's hard to do new horror villains. It's got the creepy children's story that kind of sneaks in. Mac just watched it. Yep. Mac, give us your thoughts. So I actually think this movie is just a fantastic movie. The metaphors involved in this just make it a great movie, and it's got the horror elements that's more scary for kids than it is adults. What I really appreciated, a lot of throwback to like the Nosferatu type of movies, the really old-school movies. Like It's just a well-made film. And then really what it's about is a mother dealing with the fact that her husband has died. Her son is kind of an asshole. And so the mother is slowly getting more and more deranged, more and more psychotic, more and more depressed. And so you can look at the film one of two ways, as a monster flick, or it's more so uh, an interpretation, a take on deep, dark depression and very real things dealing with the death of your husband, and trying to raise an asshole son. Which, again, this is a great movie with horror elements. Yes, absolutely. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, I'm telling you, you, you can't not like the movie. It's just so well made. The Witch in 2015, and this has a very... People hate the ending. It's a very ambiguous ending. Uh, I haven't seen it. We turned it off 10 minutes in. Really? Because uh, the witch kills the baby and puts like blood all over herself. Yeah, and my wife a... was my wife was pregnant and we could not handle <laughs> yeah, that. That's understandable. It's a very off-putting movie. Well, it, I haven't seen it. I've heard good things. 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it stars the chick from Split. She's the witch. The tone of it was beautiful. It was like a period piece. It had all of the makings of something that I would love, but we couldn't get past the... Once you have kids, you can't watch kids dying. I don't get that, but I understand it. Uh, 2015's Creep, another one I just watched. Somewhat different take on a found footage, first-person handheld camera movie. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So these are all knocking them out of the park. Yeah. Which and, was 91%. So And uh, this stars Mark Duplass and some other Jamoke. Uh, my problem with this movie... <laughs> That's his name. It's a super, super slow burn. However, it's only 80 minutes long. You're never going to hate the slow burn if it's only 80 minutes Weird ending. I don't know if I love the ending. Does he feel like he doesn't belong? (laughs) He's a weirdo. The reason why this movie isn't great and it's just good, Mark Duplass acts circles around the other guy in the movie. The other guy's just not nearly as good of an actor. So it's just uneven. It's hard to put a lot of gravity into a scene where one guy is doing the acting. Oculus, 2014. I think this movie's still on Netflix. This is a movie about a cursed mirror and... It was surprisingly good. I think you mean Snow White. No. No. Oh. Uh, uh, great dialogue, great performances. If it's on there, check it out. Crimson Peak, 2015. Guillermo del Toro, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston, Charlie, Cardboard Cutout, Hunnam. Okay, this is what I think it would look like if a gothic arena band was made into a movie. It's a good Halloween movie. It's just... Odd. Actually, it kind of feels like Mrs. Havisham from Great Expectations. I know a literary reference. That's a book, guys. I wish Davey was here. <laughs> I was so lost when you said that. I think we were supposed out. to read it in high school, and I didn't. She was the lady who like locked herself in her house, and she still had her wedding cake and had her wedding dress on, and everything was rotting. Anyway, Do you want to talk about Of Mice and Men? Because I can do that. That's very macabre. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> okay, The Invitation. I told Mac to watch this. 2015. Mm. 
This has Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. He is uh, Tom Hardy light. He yeah. actually looks like Tom Hardy. He does. He's got the eyes. I really loved it. This was one of those where I walked in with no expectations, and I watched it, and it's a slow burn. It's very much more about the acting and the storytelling, and it takes its time, but it's well done. And then at the end, you're like, what? I mean, you could kind of see it coming, but when it gets there, you're like, oh, okay. So this movie, I really enjoyed it. My wife really liked it. Mac was mad on it, but a positive man. Yeah, it, I because you told me to watch it, I obviously expected great things. And the acting was phenomenal. You could see what was coming the entire time. So there's no real It's more about the twist. journey, Yeah, Mac. no, you're, you're right. And there is a big explosion towards the end where it's a scene that, where you're kind of like gripping the couch or bed where you're sitting on because it is so well done. 2015's The Visit, another M. Night Shyamalan movie. This movie, another one where I went in with zero expectations. It's about two kids who are sent to uh, visit their grandparents for the first time. They've never met their grandparents, at least not since they were young children. So they don't know what they look like. They get off the train. They're having you know a grand old time first day. All of a sudden, first night comes around. A lot of creepy shit starts happening. So they're like, uh, all right, let's just lock the door and stay in the room. So it kind of... It goes on from there. I actually think it's really well done. Very, very creepy with practical effects. They don't burn CGI here. And I think the ending is very satisfying. Dude, diaper in the face. Uh, <laughs> dude, that's brutal. Also, M. Night's back, baby. Yeah. No, that's the first one in a while that I liked of his. So that marked a change for him. Raw. I talked about this on our podcast, 2016. It's about a wrestling match, right? <laughs> Raw and wriggling fossils. <laughs> Uh, this is a French film about cannibalism. It's very twisted and at times very hard to watch. But once you've seen it, you'll never forget it, ever. 2016's 10 Cloverfield Lane, another one that almost made the final four. This one I struggle evaluating as what type of... Suspense. Uh, yeah, it's more suspense than anything. But the acting, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and John Goodman are amazing in it. And when you get to the ending, you're a little let down that it's that... Cloverfieldish, uh, but again, <laughs> that's a spoiler. <laughs> well, I think the spoilers in the title. I turned my brain off. <laughs> I loved it. Once again, this is one of those movies that the journey is great. It's a really great back and forth. Also, John, three people locked in a bomb. Shelter. John Goodman's fantastic in this. Yeah, and this not the last ten minutes, but if this was a play, because it could be a play, I would watch it. Yeah, no, it's unbelievably well acted. The Belko experiment. It's very dumb. But it's fun. If it's on and it's like Dorktober to Electric Boogaloo, it's worth watching. <laughs> it's just stupid and shallow fun. It's like an adult Lord of the Flies. That's a perfect segue because 2016's Hush stars the same guy from Belko Experiment. Hush is a film about a deaf woman who basically deals with a home invasion. I think this is Signs. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping it would be Moe's deaf. What I appreciate about this As film, a woman. <laughs> is the home invader, the murderer, the killer, the antagonist. He has a mask, but it's taken off almost immediately. So it's a very person-on-person. Person. They're both very human in the film, and it's a single-location movie, which I always seem to like. I don't know why, but I like that. A bottle, if you will. <laughs> 2016's The Shallows, starring Blake Lively. Oh, yeah. I, went I reviewed this, this on the box. I went into this movie with zero expectations, because I think Blake Lively generally sucks and you know it's a movie about a shark in shallow water. So they give everything away right away. However, once again, one location movie. She gets stuck out on a buoy, on a rock. I actually think she acts her ass off. And they don't show the shark too much. So it's not, 
turned off by the CGI. It's a quick in, quick out. I think it's about 85 minutes, something like that. And it's well explained because she's a medical professional who's like left the practice and is trying to find herself. So she's able to kind of keep herself alive, which Mm -hmm. makes it, it's just, it's really well done. Yeah. I I found myself on the edge of my seat actually in there with her, wondering whether or not she was going to survive this. Is it better or worse than Deep Blue Sea? It's better. So you're saying the second best best shark shark movie of all time. Uh, Yes, you're right. Wow. That is something else. That's a statement. 2017's It, mm. 86 and 85 on Rotten Tomatoes. Andre's a machete. <laughs> Starring some kids. This is a good horror movie that definitely has its faults. Made a ton of money. It's the highest grossing R-rated movie, horror movie of all time. Gross. Uh, after talking with Keith, I did realize that this was a ripoff of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. You were kind of onto that beforehand. Yeah, but still, I mean, it definitely plays out like that. It's definitely watchable. It's fun. It's a good horror movie. What I liked about this movie is in the dialogue between... The, you the know, two kids. Yeah, just all the kids in general. It's not. It doesn't sound very dumb. I'm also happy that they left out the 11-year-old sex scene. That's, yeah, they left out the 11 year old orgy which is huge for us wait so you you're sad that that happened or? no we're we're pretty not, excited if, no, not you go if it was an 18 year old orgy i'd be in on it you know but you know, i can't really jump in on the 13 year old one uh <laughs> 2017's split this almost made my top two here for the nominees just missed out m night is back m night is back 74 percent, 79 percent. this is a tour de force on acting from james mcavoy Secondary is the girl from The Witch. I can't. Her name escapes me. Witch Yvonne. Witch Von Steen. It's It's a kidnapping. <laughs> it's, it's a kidnapping movie that gets into it right away. There's no wasted time at yep. all. It's very believable. And the split is split personalities. Something I've never really seen before. They've done some bipolar thing, but the split multiple personality disorder. I've never really seen it done on, on the big screen. And James McAvoy does it so well here. And the added aspect of his psychologist and how she plays into everything I think is done really well. And the ending of the movie is a little uh, paranormal. I'll say it's tie in to another movie is really cool. I really enjoyed this. movie. I also like how the entire time you're also trying to figure out which of his personalities is doing what. Right. And you also get hinted that there's what twenty six personalities, and we only I think see it's about like twenty one or something. Whatever like it is, but and, and we don't even see half of them, right? Which I actually kind of didn't like that, be- really, because it was billed as this guy has twenty three personalities, yeah. and then they only showed like six or seven, I which is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot for an actor, and I get it. And if they had showed them all, my note would probably be, I wish I hadn't seen them all. Choose six or seven. Well, that's but the thing. If you bill it as, like, <laughs> I it has agree this many. There. If they just said nine personalities and showed us all nine, that's still a lot. And I still would have really enjoyed that. No, but what I also like about this is now it builds towards either the sequel or the... That's true. Coming together with Unbreakable. That's a so, big spoiler. Yeah. I don't know. If you want to keep it, keep it. Don't keep it. It's up to you. It's spoiler pretty, alert. It's pretty new. Spoilers. Oh, there are three that I'd like to see that I haven't seen. We mentioned Mother... Darren Aronofsky, I'd like to see that. Annabelle Creation, I'd like to see it. I don't think I'm going to like it. And Gerald's Game is out on Netflix right now. Oh, uh, I saw that. I'll throw it in the honorable mention. Yeah, go right ahead. Gerald's Game is good. I wouldn't say it's very good, but it's a Stephen King, the actress. Carla Gugino? Gugino? I yeah. don't know how to say Carla it. Carla Gugino. <laughs> she, she likes a gnocchi. Huge My mama her. make a nice sauce. <laughs> it's uh, pretty good. It's interesting because she gets chained to the bed pretty early on 
I like the element of her imagination. So her imagination just starts running wild. And so her husband is talking to her, but he's not talking to her. So all that stuff I think played really nicely. There's a scene when she's trying to escape that made people faint. Now, I know that puts a lot of expectations, but you're going to know exactly what it is. And you're probably going to watch it through like the slits of your fingers because (laughs) it's one. I don't have I'm built to swim. So I have have webbed fingers. I have webbed fingers. I have fat fingers, so I can't look through them. You can't separate your fingers. (laughs) Well, hold some Venetian blinds in front of your face and it'll be very film noir. It's worth watching. It's on Netflix. Check it out. And that'll do it for the honorable mentions. All right, you two fellas. (laughs) All right, you two lovebirds. (laughs) What are the nominees into the Mac and Gooby Vault horror movies 2010 through 2017? Can't even call it a decade. I'm going to let the guest go first. All right, I'm going to start with The Conjuring. Critic score of 86, audience score 82, synopsis, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorized by a dark presence in their farmhouse. This movie, it is absolutely timeless. It's made in like the... But it has like an actual runtime, right? (laughs) No, it is to infinity and beyond. (laughs) Toy Story, nailed it. Uh, (laughs) This... (laughs) I love when they do this, and that's kind of why they did it, I think, with Stranger Things, because Stranger Things happens in this timeless, decade 80s thing, and that's how The Conjuring feels, because then you, you work around the cell phone issue and all that stuff. The way it's shot, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. It is well acted. Ed and Lorraine Warren are just such an interesting duo. They almost feel like supernatural like superheroes or crime <laughs> fighters or something. The end is actually pretty uplifting for a uh, paranormal satan. It's a satanic movie. Uh, there's great scares. The only bad part to me is the Annabelle doll stuff at the beginning. Show it. You can show it because yeah. it's part of their story. But don't do the whole thing where it's got like, oh, I left crayons in the room. I left Annabelle in the room. <laughs> now Annabelle wrote with crayons on the wall. And you're just, ugh, cool. Do you okay. think they did that knowing they were going to try to make Annabelle movies or it was just happened that way? They spent a lot of time. Because I forget when I watch The Conjuring and then I go back and it's the first like yeah, it's five minutes. Yeah. Five movie minutes is a long time. And it's a lot of time talking about Annabelle. So whatever. Besides that. This is one of my favorite horror films. This is in my top five of horror movies for me. I had a start, a late start in life with horror movies. So this one really just hit so many things that I love. And Vera Farmiga doesn't ruin it. <laughs> because she ruined The Departed. The Conjuring is a very well-made movie. My issue is I have kind of... I find myself not being scared so much anymore about the ghost stories and the paranormal stuff. So I just have to appreciate them as movies. And The Conjuring is one where it's just a legitimately good movie outside of the scares. My first nominee is going to be 2015's Green Room. 90% critic score, 75% audience score. This is written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier. 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 <laughs> it stars Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace. He got killed by his own car, which is laugh out loud funny. That's very macabre. Uh, Imogen, it's not funny at all, actually. Imogen Poots. <laughs> he was an only child. His parents don't have a kid anymore. Keep he, laughing, Mac. He parked his car, got out, and the car pinned him between him and his mailbox. His brick mailbox. Uh, so so that's, that's funny. Put it's your car sad. in park, for real. They actually had to recall... 
the they recall that Jeep because it's an electronic shifter. You have to look down and see what it's in. That's on Anton. He deserved to die. Starring Anton Yelchin. <laughs> We're leave that in. Imogen Poots, Aaliyah Shawkat, Aaliyah Shawkat, of course, uh, maybe from Arrested Development. Okay, <laughs> I'm kind of lost right now. <laughs> I'm lost in sadness. Uh, it also features Patrick Stewart as the owner of uh, the club in this movie. And the premise of the movie is a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. Do the members of the club have special abilities? No, no special abilities no. here. Not a club for the gifted. Uh, so basically, these four, you know, early 20-somethings, late teens are on the road as a band trying to get gigs, trying to make money, trying to make it, trying to impress one person. And they end up at this neo-Nazi club unbeknownst to them they showed up and they're like oh shit we don't want to be here but they were already locked into the gig they were going to make 600 bucks whatever it is so they play their good scratch and yeah. well they set up that they have no money and they're literally having to like siphon gas yeah they're to get siphoning the gas to make it from point a to point b so they are scratching for anything they can get so they finally make it here like in the midwest it's like in oregon in the middle of the woods and they play their gig they get off stage and they go into the green room where they see there's a girl dead on the floor and so that's the MacGuffin. What do you think about that? McMuffin. For the mm. film. And from there, the owners of the club, the managers of the club, trying to figure out how to keep these kids quiet, you know, and trying to... I don't know if that's the MacGuffin. It might be the inciting incident. doesn't matter. Keep going. Yeah. McLovin. I just like saying that word. <laughs> that's also um, in there, too. And from there, it's a very real film about, you know, five people against 15 people, a numbers game, trying to outsmart them. Trying to survive. It's a survival That's film. like Matt Damon versus the whole Chinese <laughs> army. And you just have these... Chinese ponytail Chinese movie. Ponytail movie. <laughs> yeah. And you have these just like brute neo-Nazis who are trying to win by force where you have these younger, uh, kind of with it band members trying to outsmart the numbers because they don't have the numbers in their favor. The ending of this film is very satisfying. It is. Good writing, good dialogue. Yes, like really good, really good. And it's not that long, 95 minutes. So it's the action. There's no waste of time at all. It's something that I think you'll leave not being too scared. But again, it's a survival film on the edge of your seat the whole time. And it's really well made. I had a thought. I actually think... What a change from the usual. <laughs> Total airhead. Um, I actually think... Gag me with a spoon. <laughs> I actually think Shaun of the Dead is more of a horror movie than this movie is. I would agree with you. And it's hard because of survival, suspense, This is like as horror. real as it gets. This is a potential real story. This is horrific because it could happen. Right, exactly. exactly. And, and so... I consider it a horror movie, but for people who are like, shout out to dad, isn't a horror movie. Like, Green Room has less horrific things and more like story and good acting than Shaun of the Dead does. I got one jump scare out of Green Room. It's good. It, I, it's like, just a really good movie. It's intense. Not indoors. Literally <laughs> intense. <laughs> the friend of the girl who gets murdered, how she plays into it. I really enjoyed that. That was uh, really well done. And just once again, the end is very, very satisfying. Logan. What have you done? <laughs> and then my favorite horror movie of this year and probably of the last couple years is Get Out. Critic score of 99%, audience score 87%, writer-director Jordan Peele. I believe this is one of the most successful directorial debuts, maybe of all time, but definitely within the horror genre. Synopsis. A nice assas. <laughs> Dude, you're so Italian today. Um <laughs> It's, I have nothing else to offer. It's time for a young African-American to meet with his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend in their secluded estate in the woods. The United Estate 
of America. <laughs> but before long, the friendly and polite ambiance will give way to a nightmare. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> this movie came out to me at the perfect time. Because of the social tensions that we have mm. in America, this movie came out and just shed a spotlight on things, but handled it in such a way that I left the movie feeling good. I didn't trust white people, <laughs> but I still... And you shouldn't. It took a lot for you to get in the room with two white guys. Today. But And to me, this movie isn't necessarily a pure horror movie either. It's more atmospheric. Yep. It just feel like you're tense. You're creepy. tense the whole time. It is creepy. creepy. It's just off. Something's a little off the yeah. whole time. So they tackle the social tension so well. And to me, this it makes it an important film. When it was supposed to be kind of a horror comedy creepy thing yeah it became a talking point because peel did write this while obama was still in office yeah obviously he had no idea who would win and he kind of said after he's like well perfect timing for us mm -hmm. right i mean because this made a lot of money this did very very well at the box office well and the trailer was yeah. really good still the most jarring thing in the movie is when it first starts up how they just start up right in the middle of childish gambino's red bone stay just boom, right in your face. Yeah. Have you watched the alternate ending for this? No. Uh, it's not nearly as good. It's not. And I'm well, really, then I'm not going to do it. I'm yeah. really glad that they didn't go with it. I'll just say it's maybe the more traditional it's, ending. It's definitely the one they created after the whole Trump thing started, I think. It, it, it preys on the social injustices more so than the movie right. really does. So I'm glad they didn't go that way. And then his best friend in the movie is very, very funny. Awesome. Yeah. That's what makes the movie for me because he's basically he's the, the audience. Viewer. Yeah. Right. His commentary, his reactions, yeah. him being like, don't trust her, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. T.S. Mother F and A. Oh, wait. Yeah. That's what? a spoiler. Do you want me to say that or not? That's um, no, all right. So I loved it because if you had taken his best friend out of it, it's probably still a pretty good movie, but you would have left... Wanting a little more horror if that was the movie without that comedy. Adding him in there, I thought, just made it such a well-rounded movie. And before you have the chance to say, ah, oh, this or all that, he outright says it. This movie is, again, my sister doesn't like horror movies. And I had her watch this. And she was creeped out, yeah. but she really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So this is a great crossover movie for people that don't necessarily love that genre. Yep. But it's still enjoyable. And how good is that scene where Chris is talking to Georgina the maid or whatever oh, in the house, it's so good. and she's crying but smiling. It's it's so eerie. Like at that point in the film, you're just like, all right, something's about to happen. And you get unbelievable performances from Catherine Keener, the mom, and the dad is uh, glasses, glasses, yeah, the Baldy. glasses guy, uh, glasses Vaughn Baldy <laughs> Oh, it's the guy. It's Eric guy from uh, Bradley Whitford. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. full circle. Yeah, there you go. There we go. There you go. It's a very well acted movie. And the end, once again, in this movie is also very satisfying. Get him, Grandpa. Uh, the fourth and final nominee is going to be 2016's Don't Breathe. Goo 2016. <laughs> Guys, come on. <laughs> Don't worry. We just bookended it. It's okay. It is 87 and 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it is directed Fede Alvarez. Did I get that right? Fede? Fede. Fede Alvarez. And it's written by Fede Alvarez. And I'm going to butcher this one. I said this on Boxers. I said Fede. Fede. I still quote myself <laughs> randomly when it has nothing to do with Fede Alvarez. Uh, Fede. Rodo. Fede. Sayaguez. Did I get that right? No, you didn't. What is it? 
I don't know. You're a racist. Is it, <laughs> is it Segundes? No, no, no. Sayugues. Uh The second writer. And uh. it stars Stephen Lang, Jane Levy, Dylan Minnette. And it really, it just stars Stephen Lang because the other actors are unknown. And that's the best part about this movie. So the movie, the premise is hoping to walk away with a massive fortune. A trio of thieves break into the house of a blind man who isn't as helpless as he seems. It's set in like current world Detroit where the neighborhoods are almost non-existent. There's just people living in houses here or People there. squatting all over the place. What I love about this movie is it kind of flips all the tropes on its head. So he lives in a really shitty neighborhood, but a nice house. So typically it's like, oh, it's the creepy house on the nice block, that type of thing. Flip that. And also, the thieves... He break put it in flip mode. <laughs> typically... That's a Busta Rhymes reference, <laughs> by the way. Typically, you're rooting against the thieves, the intruders. This one flips it on its head, and you're the protagonists are the thieves... And the antagonist is the blind guy that lives in the house. The premise is that they're trying to steal the money. The blind guy, his senses are a little heightened because he's blind. He goes by touch and sound. He's basically chasing them through the house, the whole movie. They do a great nod to Silence of the Lambs with their basement scene in this. And the ending of the movie, I actually don't think it's satisfying, but it's interesting ending to the flick. Once again, a very realistic horror movie. It's something I could see... It's within the realm of reason. It's, there's no paranormal things involved. There's no ghosts involved. It's all real people. And honestly, I think the best time to watch it would be like Thanksgiving Day. You're cooking. You're using the turkey baster. You're moistening the turkey. And then you just stop halfway through and then you go watch the movie and then continue with the turkey baster. <laughs> and it, Yeah. Okay. One thing that I really liked in this movie, the basement scene, I believe it was shot on a camera like the Alexa. And this is super dorky. And Davey just perked up. He's like, oh, yeah, the Alexa. Um, <laughs> the movie Zero Dark Thirty was shot on an Alexa in total, like pitch black. Oh, wow. And so what I love about that scene is her pupils in the basement, her pupils are enormous. Yes, yeah. And the only way you can do that is if it's pitch black. Yep. It's Or if you have giant pupils. Or, yeah. I have huge areolas. My pupils are rather small. I don't know. I, I just have pupils. Really? Yeah. <laughs> just black pupils. Black no, eyes, but... like a shark size. <laughs> so when they're up in the regular floors of the house, the sighted people have the advantage because it's, you know, there's light. When they get into the basement, it's all even. In fact, the blind guy has the advantage because the people with sight can't adjust. As I would argue that the people with sight don't have the advantage over Daredevil. Is there something like that going on? It's a solid argument to be made there. And on top of it, there's like a discovery made in the basement that just adds a whole layer to the story. Which yeah. was kind of in the trailer, which sucks. But yeah, we, you're right. I think we yeah. should still not talk about it yeah. for people who haven't seen it. But this is another one, again, that the boxers reviewed uh, before I saw it, and it made me want to see it. Of course, I'm nominating here. I think it's one of the four best films. I of saw 2010s. this. I saw this movie because Rich Keefe kind of really praised it on Dork. And I just bought it. Like, and I told him that. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, well, don't get crazy. Well, Rich, I like it. And yeah, I bought very it, so. good. So that leaves us with our four nominees. Mac, uh, what are the four nominees? 2013's The Conjuring, 2015's Green Room, 2016's Don't Breathe, and 2017's Get Out. Quite an interesting mix of films. There. I like this list. Yeah, I yeah, do too. It's nice. I would say, in particular, from like 2014 and on, the ones we mentioned are all great movies. I've yeah. thoroughly enjoyed all of them. And a lot of them are readily available on streaming sites that you might only have to pay 
a dollar for two dollars whatever or it's free on netflix studios and investors with money are starting to see the profit of horror movies because mm. before that was probably really hard to get movies made like halloween and stuff like that because they were shooting on film yeah and so now everything's digital so you can really like make a great product for not as much money so guys don't forget head over to twitter on goose day around 6 p.m 6 30 we want you to vote on these movies let us know what you think was the best horror film of 2010 through 2017 what did we miss what should we have talked about more what should we have nominated let us know and we'll talk about this in the next mac and goovy vault episode sadly macabre and ghoul will not be taking place in that though mucus will be gone (laughs) mucus will be deceased all right mac once again no time for final thought mucus where can we find you uh, just check us out on iTunes. Just look up the Boxers Podcast. We are one of the first things that comes up. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Just uh, listen to our show. We talk about movies and we don't spoil them and uh, make us famous. Consider us the milk of podcasts because we spoil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ringing endorsement for our podcast. Ringing endorsement for milk. <laughs> I've heard that we are the Care Bears of podcasting, really. Of the Triforce? Of the oh, Triforce. No, I don't even know what that means at all. Positive vibes, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> Hugging out Mondays. <laughs> if I lifted up Mac's shirt right now, would there just be a tattoo of a rainbow? <laughs> Mac has the rainbow. I have the heart. Oh. Yeah. You have a heart on. Funny thing, funny thing about my rainbow tattoo. <laughs> that's a super bad joke coming there guys uh we can be found on twitter as well that's correct <laughs> and instagram at mac and goo a n d and goo podcast have you guys tried to change that shift you seven. can't put symbols in your have you called? tried Handle. to write out ampersand well <laughs> also if we were to change our name on twitter we would lose all of our mentions or people would have a tough time Going back to all of our mentions. So at this point, it's in cement. Sure. Other than that, we are Mac Ampersand Goo on Shift fi- 7. <laughs> on Facebook, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play. Google Play. We are there. Most importantly, we're on the iTunes. The Wikipedia Brown. Hop on the iTunes, search Mac Ampersand Goo. Rate, review, subscribe. Five what happens stars. when you do? If you do that, you're going to get a big bundle of Mac and Goodies. <laughs> As well as a fantastic t-shirt. A nice stick and bindle. (laughs) Filled with all the beans you can eat. The bindle is the t-shirt from Watertown Sportswear. That's Watertown Sportswear. 34 Mott Auburn Street, Watertown, Mass. 617-924-1840. WatertownSportswear.com. WSW Print at Verizon.net. Expert screen printing and embroidery. Watertown Sportswear. Watertown Sportswear. Watertown Sportswear. Foxhound! Well, that is the final Mac and Goovy vault of Macabre and Ghoul. There is still another episode after this involving candy. And also, don't forget, we're going to have our first non-Goose Day episode coming up. I'm going to say for Wednesday, maybe Thursday, sure. Stranger Things Season 2. Keep your peepers popped for that. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesdays are Goose Days. I abuse kangaroos. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure.